0: Inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. I often think of our bodies as being an equation, where on the left-hand side of the equal sign is the output of who we are physically. And on the right of the equal sign is what we put in minus what we expend. Last week, we heard from Byron talking about good habits and fitness, i.e. what we expend, the subtraction. But as Byron said, what goes in is so important. Put in excessive alcohol, cigarette smoke, fatty foods, sugary snacks, and it's gonna take quite an exercise regime to deal with all that. And so today, we're gonna to cover diet and nutrition. Gaynor van der Burton is the founding director of FitFish, a Christian fitness organisation offering retreats, fitness, nutrition and coaching. God called Gainer to start FitFish in 2011 and since then she's led over 60 retreats and coached over 200 people through the Healthy Whole and Free programme. She's passionate about helping Christians gain freedom and balance in the area of healthy living in body, spirit and soul and is an advanced level personal trainer, nutritional advisor and eating behaviours expert. Aside from Fitfish, she loves painting, clay modelling, skiing, singing, and getting stuck into village, school, and church life. Hello, Gainer. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Alan. Really good to be here. Can't wait to dive in.
0: Excellent. So we always like to get to know our guests with a few quick fire questions. So first up, what's the biggest physical challenge you've ever set yourself?
1: Ooh. Um, biggest physical... Probably a triathlon or a half marathon. Nothing too crazy, to be honest. But yeah, I'm not a natural runner, so half marathon is quite a challenge for me.
0: For some people listening to this, that is crazy. (laughs) Uh, Secondly, if you could only eat one dish for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: One dish for the rest of my life? Oh, that's tricky. Probably curry, like... (sighs) Veg, or Moroccan kind of tagines and loads of veg and spices and stuff like that.
0: So basically basically make it such a big dish <laughs> that it would feel different every time yes, you ate exactly. it. exactly. Yeah. Different yeah, type like of cuisine, yeah. yeah. And what motivates you the most? The need for security, self-worth or significance? Oh. Security, self-worth or significance?
1: Oh, um... Probably significance in kind of making a difference and Mm. making life count, probably, yeah.
0: Great, great. Very worthy. So FitFish, which you founded, is overtly a Christian fitness organisation. So firstly, I'm curious about the crossover between fitness and faith.
1: Yeah, so a Christian wellbeing organisation and we look at body, spirit and soul. Um, So we believe that God wants us to live life to the full. We believe that he has a purpose and calling for all of us. And in order to fulfill that purpose, um, he asks us to look after ourselves as well as possible in body, spirit and soul. Not to be a killjoy and say we can't do all these wonderful things, but because he knows that life is hard, life on this earth is hard, and we will face uh, illness, injury, aging, stress, all kinds of things will be thrown at us. And if we're, unless we're in a good place and um, mm. got the balance right, then it, it's hard to live the life that we're called to. And God sets us an example by uh, God didn't need to rest on that seventh day, but he did to show us that actually it's important. Mm. And we're some people, I think... Um, I think it's selfish to look after themselves or selfish to focus on themselves, but we really believe that if we're called to be out there, if we're called to help and serve other people, then we need to be strong and well-balanced ourselves. And if you imagine a pyramid then you're going to be at the bottom supporting some people. Mm. And so it's important that you you are strong and able to support others around you as well. So that involves looking after yourself and loving yourself so that you can love others. So we we just think it's fundamental so that we can look after ourselves in order to serve God better. What a
0: great answer. Thank you. I'm going to to listen to that a few more times later. (laughs) Um, So there are several references in the Bible to our bodies being likened to a temple, or a dwelling place Mm -hmm. for the Holy Spirit. And um, I'll put references to those in the show notes if anybody's interested in them. So if we have a full revelation of that responsibility, wouldn't we go to extremes to look after it? And that means getting serious about exercise and following a sensible diet and managing our weight and getting enough rest and everything. So, um, I mean, does that uh, spur you on? Does that sometimes make you feel a little bit judgmental of people who are abusing those temples? I mean, how do you react when you see somebody who's clearly not living a lifestyle that is honoring to the Holy Spirit who's living within us.
1: Oh, we hope at FitFish we're full of grace. We, we deal with all kinds of people and work with all kinds of people and everyone's on a journey, you know. It, you're only looking to do something that can make you a little bit healthier today. So people are all different stages, and I was too, you know. No one's perfect. We're never going to eat healthily and perfectly until we get to heaven. We're, we're not going to look after ourselves in the ideal way until we get to heaven. So we're all on a spectrum, mm. all on a journey. So as long as someone has a heart that's willing to move forward, then we're all open to supporting them. But of course, we meet people who just aren't ready and it's just not a priority for them at the moment. And that's Mm. where they're at. So that's fine.
0: Mm. Mm. I like it. Grace. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Grace filled. So your website homepage gives a list of what we do at Fitfish. And the first of those things is lose weight. Feel great. Stop thinking about food all the time and eat what you like. Now, come on, Gainer. All of our guys would like to have your answer to that one. Tell yeah, us. Yeah.
1: So, so that's just part of what we do at Fitfish. It was probably top of the website at a certain point when you look, but that refers to our healthy, whole and free course. So although at Fitfish, we're a team of experts, doctors, physios, nutritionists, personal trainers, life coaches, etc., personally, I'm quite passionate about nutrition. Um, I'm almost a fully qualified nutritionist now just finishing off a master's and for me I believe that God came and sent Jesus to set us free from any kind of bondage that we're facing and food is one of those things that doesn't get talked about too much you hear about eating disorders mm-hmm. but most people that I meet have some kind of bondage to food. It might be that you you can't stop at one, you you know what weight you are, and you you want to get to a certain weight by Christmas, or you you when you go out for social occasions, it sets you off on some kind of spiral, then you come back home and eat what's in the cupboard, or you hide things with people. There's all kinds of things that goes on. And I believe God came to set us free from all of those things. So I'm passionate about people eating. What they want to eat. And that's the key is that what you really want to eat with God in the center. Hmm. And there's so many reasons why people don't eat what they really want to eat. That could be because of sugar. sugar cycle cravings it could be what we call harmony eating which is where someone says oh go on have a piece of cake go on you know you want to or it could be because you're stressed you're in a rush you you really would like to eat something healthy but actually you're going to grab this or it might be you you're in a supermarket and you're faced with some advertising and you you have something even though you don't really want it so all about helping people work out actually what do they really want And then working out the reasons why that isn't quite happening and working through all of those things. And I I don't talk about weight much, about calories or even encourage people really to not weigh themselves. But the reality is that a lot of people I work with do need to lose some body fat. And so that's an important part of it for them that they want to lose weight, but they don't want to go on another diet, Mm. which they've been on and off all their lives and ultimately that's just like putting a sticking plaster over. So yeah, we get get a bit deeper and untangle some stuff and then move forward in freedom.
0: Well, so you've obviously been listening to my confessionals about um, about buffets and free food having no calories because as, as the way my mind works, <laughs> if it's free or if it's out in a buffet, then I can have as much of it as I want and it has no detrimental impact.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lots of people think <laughs> like that. I remember going to a wedding reception when I was, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago, before I had freedom in this area and, um, I said to my friend I was with, oh, come and let's have a look at the buffet. And he was like, oh, no, I'm all right, thanks. And I just could not believe that he didn't want to go and have a look at the buffet. He was like, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean you're fine? doesn't matter. Just come and have a look at the buffet. And it, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, take, but, take
0: full advantage. Yeah, yeah. but,
1: you know, now, nah, yeah, if I'm not hungry, I'm not hungry. So, yeah.
0: So, Ascend Men is a men's group. Um, so, uh, we do have female listeners and this may well end up uh, being broadcast into, into female environments as well later on. But uh, let's talk about the differences between men and women and particularly about guys, you know, from your training and your experience, how does gender affect thinking about food?
1: Okay, so... I think I've only met two ladies in my life who don't have any emotional attachment to food, who literally, you know, just eat when they're hungry, eat mainly healthy most of the time, don't think about it. But I have met lots of men. So I'd say men have definitely less of emotional attachment in general. They're not as emotional beings. They don't have as many hormones in their bodies, so that goes to show. But some men do have emotional attachments to food.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: I also find that men can actually do a diet, lose weight, you know, in a sensible, quite quick way, but then remove themselves from that diet and carry on eating quite normally, quite healthily and maintain a weight. That doesn't often happen with women. It becomes a bit more of a yo-yo cycle. So I think there is a difference. However, the reality is that in England, men are more likely to be obese or overweight. So there's some stats here. So you've got 43% of men in the UK obese Mm. and 25%. That's England, sorry, but the statistics in Wales and Scotland are quite similar. So three quarters of men aged 47 to 74 are overweight or obese. And that is increasing. So, wow. So. Although yes, there's not probably yeah. an, as many emotional attachments to food. It clearly is still a big problem and a big issue, and something that we want to support men with as much as women as yeah. well. See,
0: so. and, and in terms of what's required, sort of nutritionally and calorie wise and things, what's uh, what what are the what's important to men?
1: Well, what's important to men is important to women. It, it it's really quite simple. We probably all know what we should eat more of all know what we should eat less of, but that doesn't change the way we behave. I think all of your listeners would know how many fruit or vegetables we're meant to be eating a day, five a day. It's a big campaign. Everyone knows it. But the fact is that only 31% of adults do it and only 8% of teenagers do it. So it's not so much about the particular ins and outs of what you should and shouldn't be eating at all. In general, the same applies for men. As for women, a well-balanced diet, mainly natural foods. Um, men can eat a little bit more, most men, um, for obvious reasons. Um, but there's no massive specific differences for men and women. Hmm. Even the protein okay. requirements, which which some people might talk about, they they don't, um, as long as you're eating proportionally a bit more, if you weigh a bit more than a woman, then you don't need more protein proportionally hmm. than a woman.
0: So you can put that pot of whale away yeah um way away 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 so um there's a broad age range in our community here and so i'm just wondering how does diet and and eating change as we get through life as we get older i mean i've experienced it but you tell us as a nutritionist mm-hmm. how things change as we as we age
1: Yeah, for men, requirements will get slightly less as you get slightly older. And actually, protein requirements do go up slightly in older age, Mm -hmm. um, because from the age of 30, we start losing muscle mass. So between the age of 30 and 90, we lose 50% of our muscle mass. So, So if you don't eat enough protein, if you don't do enough resistance work, then your muscle mass will decrease. But even by doing just a bit of resistance work and eating protein, then you'll only probably stabilize it. Um, but as as people get older and their overall calorie consumption tends to go down, it's important to make sure there is enough protein. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's there's not massive changes. Um, your basic metabolic rate goes down slightly when you're over 60, but not really enough to write home about. And it's more the lifestyle changes that happen rather than actually your basic Calorie burning rate going down, so it's probably coincides with you do less sport, mm. you being less on your feet with family, um, not doing a laborious job or whatever. So there's there's not massive changes over the period of aging at all.
0: Mm. So um, let's talk about programs. There's there's so many of them out there. Things like the high fat low carb ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. or uh, the paleo or caveman diet I think which has got less gluten and veggies or more veggies in it less gluten um, or the Mediterranean diet or the 5-2 intermittent fasting diet. Mm -hmm. I mean do they work? Are you a proponent of any of them? Are any of them miracle cures for anything um, or are they just fads?
1: Okay so let's start with do they work? So I guess it depends what what you want. Do you want to lose weight quickly or do you want to lose weight? Yes, all of them could work. Any any diet like that could work. But what happens when it's done? Um, What you really want is for it just to be your normal way of eating. So no, I wouldn't encourage any diet. Some of them particularly aren't great for you. Things like um, the extreme versions of Atkins and high-protein, low-carbohydrate mean that you're not eating enough starch, uh, you're not eating enough fruit and vegetables. It means that your gut can't actually produce what we call short-chain fatty acids, which is so essential to us with our gut health, but also our mental health as well. So you can see a, a d- real decrease in gut bacteria people who follow high-protein, low-carbohydrate diets. So would never recommend cutting out any food groups. It's got to be something you can stick with for life yep. at the end of the day, so wouldn't recommend any particular diet. The best diet is something you stick with for life. So that is going to be a balance. Um, there's four reasons we eat, I believe. So you've got nutrition, you've got replenishment, you've got energy, but you've also got enjoyment because God could have created us actually to be self sufficient. There's no reason why He would need us to eat. Mm-hmm. He also could have invented us to eat leaves. Or to eat pellets that fall down <laughs> from heaven But he didn't He created a huge variety of food With really bright colours and variety of tastes And we see in the Bible that Jesus ate with people mm. And enjoyed the food So we know that we need to enjoy what we're eating as well So what I would say is Think about what you really like That p- Perhaps those foods that aren't you know, nutritionally that great for you. It's still important to eat the ones you really, really like. Or so many times I hear people saying, oh, I've given up sugar or I've given up bread. And then the next time I see them, it's like, <laughs> oh, I ate a whole loaf of bread. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. So it's important to think, actually, what do I really like? So for me, it would be dark chocolate, wine, and a few sweet chili crisps. And maybe some red lint balls or the dark ones. You know, those are things actually I quite like. Yeah. Whereas, you know, ready salted crisps, mince pies, white chocolate, you know, happily live without all those things. So think of things actually really enjoy, you really value. They give you that enjoyment. Include those still. Um, but those things that are kind of mindless and don't do much for you, maybe think about not those. But, and then but, the but rest of t- hang on
0: a minute. What if you're like me and and you like everything? <laughs> like there's nothing you listed a whole lot of things out. Everyone else was thinking, oh yeah, white chocolate. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I I mean, like yeah, course. there's nothing there that that, that was uh, that wasn't on my list.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I just have to eat in moderation then. So really <clears throat> 18% of the time ideally eat things that are God made so things you don't have to think mm. oh is this natural or not yeah um you know it's pretty obvious it's an egg it's an aubergine um avoiding ultra processed foods is probably the biggest tip i'd give you obviously the the world we live in we do still eat them occasionally but there's a lot of research being done in that done now and it's not always calories in calories out in fact the makeup of food and particularly ultra processed food does something so you've got studies and experiments now where you've got people eating the same amount of calories and the same macronutrient combination so carbohydrates proteins mm-hmm. fats but one diet being ultra processed and one diet being natural and the person who eats natural doesn't put on weight and the person who eats ultra processed food does so there's a lot to be said, for avoiding as much as you can foods that are very heavily processed, things that are designed to stay in a shop for a very long time. One, one of our lecturers on the course said, anything you can buy in a petrol station, <laughs> <laughs> possibly ultra processed. So that's probably the biggest thing I say, just eat as naturally as possible, then 20% of the time enjoy those other things. But you mentioned 5-2. Um, We do actually support time-restricted eating in Fit Fish, so not necessarily five days eating, two days not, but actually having an eating window because there's been a lot of research done and it's coming out more and more now in that eating continuously does us no favours at all. Mm. It's very important to give our body a recovery time because our gut needs it. It needs to reline itself. It needs to reproduce some of the acids. And there's lots of problems with eating later as well. So we we would support trying to eat within a eight to 12 hour window. So that would be all we would really advise is 80% of the time, eat healthy natural foods, 20% of the time, the more processed stuff that you enjoy. And then if you can get to a point where it's not a rule or a regulation, but actually most of the time you eat within a 10 to 12-hour window, then that would be really helpful too. So, yeah, that would be the main advice.
0: Yeah, so that that time-restricted eating, I haven't tried any of those other things that I mentioned, mm. but that is one thing that I have done. Um, it was a kind of mm. 16-8 thing, so basically eat your meals within eight hours, which yes. you think, well, that's okay, until you realise, well, I normally have breakfast between six and seven, which means (laughs) having my dinner early afternoon and then I can't eat until Mm -hmm. the following morning. So Mm -hmm. it did take a bit of management to push my breakfast back a bit, um, still have my dinner at a reasonable time and then not eat. And for a Mm -hmm. snacker like me, the first few nights I did it, I was waking up in the night having palpitations. I mean, I I genuinely was, Mm -hmm. it was like, I was Mm -hmm. so used to having snacks in the evening that when I stopped it, it had such an effect. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's really interesting that you mentioned that. It's the only one, I mean, I don't do it all the time. I, I do it occasionally. Uh, yeah. As a principal, I I know snacking is bad in the evening. Uh, and for me, it's the worst time um again it's like a buffet, it's free calories because it's just before you go to bed, so it doesn't really matter, which is completely wrong because it's <laughs> the other way around. You know, if you at least if you eat it for breakfast, you've got the day ahead to try and get rid of it.
1: Yeah, and it, um, unfortunately it gives the wrong signals to our brain that basically then doesn't think it's time to go to sleep. Um yeah. it's like, oh, there must be some kind of emergency because they're eating, they're about to stay up all oh, night. Yeah. So let's yeah. start the juices going again. That's why you have things like heartburn, acid reflux in the mm. evening when you go to bed um, when my struggle to sleep might wake up in the middle of the night because your body doesn't think it's sleep time she started eating again so that's one of the first areas in the health health and free course we would start looking at is evening eating but there's many reasons why people eat in the evenings and we go we look at all kinds of things like self-sabotage cravings emotional eating you know it's not simple it's not okay stop doing that now um, so, just help yeah. people to work through it all, really, and why they're doing it. And if they want to carry on doing it, that's fine. You know, that if that's what you want, that's fine. But if you don't, then we'll help you to change it.
0: Yeah. And I liked what you did talking about it's not just about the number of calories, it's, it's, it's where they're coming from because that debunks my, it doesn't quite, but my equation that I used at the start. I, I guess the the bit that you're putting into your body, if you're putting the right things in, it has less of an impact in that equation and therefore mm. t- to burn that off is, is easier than if you're trying to burn off really processed stuff that's... Um, yeah, you know,
1: your that, system can deal a the, lot better with sure. the natural foods so it's going to use it a lot better a lot easier it won't get stuck (laughs) it won't cause you to be sluggish your gut motility will be fast and yeah so it's not quite as simple as that but you know in in general it's just good to eat as natural as possible but that that's a challenge not always easy and that's a gradual thing it's not a right now I'm just going to eat you know,
0: natural yeah. foods. So. so, so we, have talked a lot about eating, but there's something else that we put into our bodies, which is, uh, drinking.
1: Mm. So let's
0: talk very briefly about alcohol. What's, uh, you know, what's, what's your feeling around alcohol? Should we abstain? Moderation okay?
1: Mm. Um, well, I was listening to podcasts on this the other day, actually, but by one of the kind of key scientists, um, there is there is no benefit to our bodies massively to drinking alcohol. There's, there's, you know, there's tiny bits, but you could get those from other things as well. Um, the only benefit really is, is the enjoyment, I would say. Um, but there's a lot of detriment to going above the government guidelines. But within the government guidelines, there's not massive research to show there's much detriment. So I think as long as you're in that two to three drinks, two to three times a week, it's a personal choice. And I certainly come under that. Um, sometimes I think you come to your own conclusions a bit about it. And there's certainly, you know, I'll tend to not drink in the weed, but then have a drink on a Friday night, Saturday night. And I don't probably sleep as well. And I don't feel quite as good in the morning. And so sometimes I think, actually, I can see why people get to the point where they don't drink as much or don't drink. But, you know, but it is nice, isn't it? So, yeah, I think uh, as long as you're within the government guidelines – then there's not going to be too much detriment that they know at the moment. But I wouldn't say there's we need to. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we're talking about exercise and fitness in another element of this series. Is there anything from a nutrition point of view, if you're if you are exercising regularly and you're definitely getting eating through or burning through a number of calories in as part of that, you know, it's not just it's not just going up and down the stairs, but it's a bit more than that. You're getting your heart rate up for a sustained period of time and you're doing that most days does does that change the sorts of things you should be eating
1: not massively i would say if you're running half marathon distances and beyond you might need to consume some food whilst you're in those you know last miles um if you're doing lots of heavy weight work you don't need too much protein extra. Actually. It's a bit of a myth around protein. As long as you're eating enough calories, you are probably having enough protein. People eat too much protein in the UK in general. Um, you don't need mm. to buy into the marketing of all the protein drinks, the protein bars, protein shakes, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so not, not massively. No, it, People tend to overcompensate with their food. So when they exercise, they think, oh, well, I deserve this now or I need this. But unless you're yeah, doing marathons, unless you're really, really hardcore, just eat, just eat your snack sooner than you would. just eat your meals sooner than you would. Just make sure that they're timed well so you're not hungry. Mm. But I wouldn't say you necessarily need to increase what you're eating.
0: Mm. And just one last question, because it's one I've been looking at recently, it's around kind of gut microbiome and eating fermented foods or foods that are currently being fermented. Any thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, yes, I've been studying a bit on gut health and um, it's really good to look after our gut. There's lots of links now. Um, Not only does it help you physically, but mentally, as I've touched on as well, also helps with things like gum disease, like heart disease. You would never have Hmm. thought there'd be so many links. So it's important to get variety in our diet. That's probably the main thing. Mm -hmm. So the suggestion is to eat 30 plant based foods a week. So that would include things like herbs and spices, like beans and pulses doesn't have to just be vegetables. And that really helps your gut microbiome and have enough variety but yes fermented foods so you've got prebiotics and probiotics and so one of them feeds you and gives you good stuff that makes you feel good but obviously then the benefits of that quite short term it's like any food you eat it's good for 24 hours or whatever and then there's the prebiotics which are foods that feed bacteria that you have inside you so those are slightly better ones have but they're very natural and they're in foods like onions um, garlic, uh, fiber, mm. and fermented foods, um, and also fermented foods can help to be that prebiotic and a probiotic. So yes, things like sauerkraut, kefir, kimchi, kombucha, stuff like that. Yeah, really good for you. Um, sauerkraut that you buy in a supermarket is probably very processed and has been pasteurised to an extent where there's no bacteria in it anymore, but still lovely and good for you. Um, so best to make your own if you can or buy fresh, but not all of us have time to do things like that. Um, but kefir is quite simple to make yourself. And if I'm in a good routine, I do that. And um, that's, yeah, really good for your gut. So, mm-hmm. But I think like anything, you know, don't jump too far ahead. Don't be eating your burgers and your pasties and your... Just take away sandwiches, et cetera, and then think, oh, but I better make some kefir. You know, actually <laughs> let's do some other changes first and get the more of the plant foods in and the variety of natural foods yeah, great. first.
0: Great. So um as we start to draw to a close, I'm conscious that This is the start of a new year and some of our guys may already be feeling crushed by failed New Year resolutions, which involve eating less or eating more healthy or whatever they may be. So in a kind of James Clear Atomic Habits, if you haven't read the book, read the book, um, kind of way, (laughs) um, can you give our guys a few micro challenges things which are attainable for the average guy which will nudge them at least in the right direction and not give them such a high bar to try and clear that it's, it's almost impossible what what are the changes the incremental changes we can make to make our lives better and and, and improve our uh, diet and our nutrition
1: yeah sure and fit fish is all about this we talk a lot about tiny transformational tweaks so ttt's and i got one lady who um she um, When she started, she'd just been diagnosed with diabetes. She couldn't tie her shoelaces because there was too much in the way. She couldn't bend over and she couldn't run around and play with her grandkids. But a, free, a few tiny transformational tweaks later, and that's all she did, she, she's no longer diabetic and she can do all those things. So it's mm. it's amazing what can happen and what can add up. And just just like having a bar of chocolate every day adds up, so also does not having a bar of chocolate every day or going for a short walk every day or having a glass of water a day. So, yeah, just start small rather than not at all. That would be my key. So, yeah, just a few thoughts. Um, glass of water when you wake up before any kind of caffeine, any kind of milky drinks or anything. Um can you start reading packets, just be a bit more aware of what's going into your body? Can you swap a sandwich for a soup at lunch? Even if this is a bought soup, like a fridge soup, most of those fridge soups actually are pretty cheap nowadays. And actually, if you look at the ingredients, they don't contain anything you wouldn't put in at home. Mm. So that could be a good swap. Can you make your own lunch? Can you get someone else to make you lunch? Yeah. <laughs> um, Can you reduce your window of eating like we talked about? And maybe the first step is just tracking when you actually eat at the moment and making a note of your first bite or sip, so anything other than water would count, and your last bite and sip. And what's that window? Mm. Could you start reducing that? Don't go lower than...
0: So a bit of journaling is...
1: Yeah, a bit of journaling. Don't go lower than eight hours on that. Um, can you snack on some veg? So don't think, first of all, about removing stuff, but actually what can you add in? Can I add in some cherry tomatoes mm. into my weekly shop? Can I snack on those or some carrot batons or sugar snap peas, something like that? Um, can you do the 30 plants thing? Can you add up how many plants you have a week? And uh, Can you try one new recipe a week? But. In FitFish, we often talk about can-dos rather than, oh, I can't do that, can't do that, shouldn't do that. Mm. What can you do that will make you slightly healthier tomorrow? Yeah, And just focus on one thing at a time, and then gradually it will just naturally happen, and it will be you and your way of living then, not anyone else. You don't want someone else like me or a doctor or anyone coming in and saying, you should do this because it's not going to happen. It needs to come from inside. So what can you do? That's quite a natural step for you. Yeah. Um, and then one foot in front of the other, and then hopefully they'll carry on.
0: Wonderful. So for the men who just listened to that and thought, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. I'm going to list the things that Gain has just mentioned in the show notes. So, so if you're sitting here thinking I could do that, go and check the show notes and, or drop me an email at ascend at dot 3uk and I'll send you the list. And Don't try and do them all at once. That's what Gain is saying. Pick one or two, start small, but try and start with something that can become a habit and maybe even substitute a bad habit with a new good habit. So again, it's great, great talking with you today. And I love what you're doing with Fitfish. It's a fantastic organization. And what you're doing with retreats and fitness and nutrition and coaching, you are having an impact into hundreds of people's lives uh, and addressing not just physical things, but emotional things and spiritual things, which I think is which is wonderful. How if somebody's listening to to, to this podcast and wants to get more involved in the community that you're building, how do they best do that?
1: Um, have a look at the website start with so fit-fish.co.uk so there's loads of blogs on there you can do a search for a certain term like exercise or sugar or can't stop eating chocolate whatever it is and see what comes out that should be really helpful Um, You can contact us. So you can use the form on the website, drop us an email. You can also join our Facebook group Motivation Fish, which is a a closed group, um, which is full of like minded people. And we have regular posts in there offering support. We do run retreats. So we've got weekend retreats in the Cotswolds and down in Dorset. So we've got uh, five or six happening in 2024. And we're also going to have a couple of days as well. So you could get involved in those. And then we've got the Healthy Whole and Free course, which I talk a bit about in this podcast. Um, and you can do that at any time. You can start that at any time, and you can find details for that on the website. And um, also something called Your Plate to Plenty. If you feel like you just need a little bit of guidance, you just you're eating quite well, but you just think maybe you're eating a bit too much, or you're not quite sure of the combinations of foods. Then, then um, we can pull one of those together for you, asking you some questions. So yeah, have a look on the website and see all that we do and look forward to seeing some of you soon.
0: Brilliant. God bless Fitfish. Thank you very much, going, That's great.
1: I hope it's been inspiring and helpful and um, all the best with your healthy journey into freedom in this area.
0: That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger.